can't stop here. This is Bat Country. We were somewhere near Barstow on the edge of the desert in you, Bat Country. You're doing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. What a great movie. Absolutely. It's just one of those, it's a feel-good movie. My Wait, family Johnny, watches it Johnny together. Depp is in it, isn't he? Johnny Depp is in it. Hunter Thompson is in it, briefly. Um, I had no where, idea. Yeah, he's tripping and he walks and he says, oh, there I am, and there he is. <laughs> anyway, so this is is a cache that is somewhere near Barstow, which is the beginning of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. They are somewhere near Barstow. And there is this all this volcanic rock in a creek bed in the desert. And this guy went out to it, and he's like, Hunter would have loved this, man. <laughs> and so he hid this cache, which is uh, it's pretty big. It's a, um, a geoca traditional geocaching thing, which is a tin ammo box. Mm. And so full of all kinds of different trinkets and things. And it's in this creek bed. and With the volcanic rock. With the volcanic rock near Barstow in the middle of the desert. I'm on the edge of my seat. Absolutely. I mean, the next time I'm going to Barstow all the time, left and right, Barstow constantly. Barstow, California. Well, it's, it's all a volcanic rock. I bring it back so that I can exfoliate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exfoliating. I think is is integral to the yeah, whole process. I really do. Um, so, but you get down to the bottom of this description of this geocache, and he says, "Warning," and this is like this is. With with no snakes. precedent, please say it's snakes. It's like what it's is the not, warning? It's oh, close. He says on. with no precedent at all. He says warning. There are points in the lake bed where pieces of the alien spaceship buried below the surface stick oh. out. These large hunks of twisted sheet metal mangled, no doubt, as a result of the ship crashing thousands of years ago when the lake was wet, have been camouflaged by thousands of years of playa dust. Please use caution when driving across the lake bed. So, because otherwise the alien spaceship may cut one of your tires. May cut one of your tires. So, without any introduction at all, he says, "By the way, watch out for the alien spaceship." And I'm like, "Which one?" He just says, "V," <laughs> like as if he's been describing it the whole time. And if you know anything about Hunter Thompson, you know that that is yeah, that's that's, that's him. Bar for the course. So. There was no telling if Hunter Thompson has ever been there. He didn't know these guys, anything. It's just a cache that's sort of created in his honor. Well, the next time I'm in Barston. Barston? Barstow. Barstow. Backcountry. The, the yes. next time I'm in Backcountry. Yes. Be sure. There you are. Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. This is Josh. And this is Dan. And we're here in the Mine Shaft. The Mine Shaft. The Mine Shaft. The Mine Shaft. Which is our new studio. Um... At temporary studio because the blanket fort is too close because no one loves us because that really that's I was going to explain it but Dan you just you cut me right to the core yes no one loves us but so, Jesus but Jesus nobody knows the trouble we've oh, seen man. in that country um, anyway geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby hobby yes indeed that you find these treasures whether they be around alien spaceships in Barstow in that country or wherever and they sort of give you this they give you the treasure hunting back into a, what may be familiar territory there's never too much in a geocache it's a trinkets it's mementos it's souvenirs but the joy and the fun of it is in the hunting itself and that is how i've come to read scripture as i've gotten to be long in the tooth mm. yeah you know old and um uh, and that so looking for these little 
treasures of culture, language, historical situation in the Bible, and seeing the dimension that's been already there in Scripture, like an alien spaceship at the bottom of a creek bed, or, thousands of years. Or an Ezekiel, as some people might want to say. Or an Ezekiel. Oh, you've heard that theory, right? That there are spaceships in Ezekiel? That's the throne awesome. chariot? Awesome. There are people who've written crazy PhDs that are totally off the wall. Read them just for a good laugh sometime. And we are going to do that next time. <laughs>sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. So, um, my mother-in-law is um, a faithful, faithful Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Faithful, like she... Is there any give, other type of Lutheran? Well, yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like, she could give Martin a run for his money. Like, Martin thought she was a little intense. <laughs> so, she is She is a faithful Lutheran. And in the... Um, one of their in the several things they do for the community through offerings and stuff like that. One little thing they have is called the mite box. And it is essentially box. for small small parts of offering that you can put in there and that they use, I believe, to help particularly like elderly widows and that kind of thing. Really? So it is called the mite box. M-I-T-E. Hmm. Isn't that cool? Not just something that's a small insect. It's also just a small amount of money. It is a small amount of money. And that is what Mark is talking about here. So Jesus is here watching offering being given. And the widow's mite is a very well-known story. Mm -hmm. Um, There are several sermons given on it. And some of the best sermons out there and the least awkward are on tithing, don't you think? Oh, I I prefer it when the church can talk about tithing on a monthly basis. (laughs) I think they should as much as they can. Mm -hmm. I I do remember being at a Christian fundamentalist college that will be... Remain nameless, because I'm not at liberty to say the name of it. Um, that we had, we had every week, or every, every year, we had um, stewardship week. Ooh. Which makes a lot of sense for, like, a room full of 19-year-olds. Yeah. Um, so, stewardship week. And it would big banner, stewardship week. We're going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about giving. And one of the sort of, like, bylines that you heard kind of over and over again is... God will get his 10% if you don't give it to him. No. <laughs> that, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kind of intense. Yeah, I think I think kind of intense. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I I'm not quite sure that that lines up with the spirit of I wouldn't think so. Of scriptural giving, mm-hmm. I don't know. When when I was at Fuller Theological Seminary, which I've is heard of it, yeah. in Pas- in Pas- like there's there's lots of homeless people around, and they're usually mm-hmm. friendly enough. But like there was a group of people who would constantly be hassling students for money. And if if you if it doesn't make sense to ask a certain demographic of people for money, it certainly does not make sense to ask seminary students for money. We don't have it. We're probably <laughs> never going to have it. And at some point in time, I remember having a conversation just discussing, like, who is the poorer person? Like, I, 
I have many, many, many tens of thousands of negative dollars in my wallet right now. I probably don't have a ton of money to give. And they got really good at knowing their Bible. And then mm-hmm. actually tell us the parts of the Bible that said we need they, like that we needed to give to the poor. And it was very interesting theological conversation talking mm-hmm. to someone trying to argue that I needed to give them money that I didn't actually have. Anyway. Yes. And and Regent, we had one of those too. Mm. Um, we had this big grizzly bear of a guy who would come and he would ask you for money. And then if you didn't give him money, he would say something theological. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't always lucid. He wasn't always yeah. cogent. So he would say something like, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit work together. And you'd say, <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Well, you know, well, here's a dollar. <laughs> um, but it, it, was a, it was just an interesting dynamic to have this guy there who knew enough theology to sort of mm. come and and come at sort of knew where to hang out. Mm. Um, he eventually actually was hit by a car and oh, died. No. What? And one of my friends put on a funeral for him at that's our actually, chapel. That's beautiful. And we packed the chapel that's amazing. with people to celebrate Ross's life. That's amazing. Because nobody else was. Yeah. Um, so that's like one of those things where where you see like the beauty of a moment, a beauty that in a way in our in our world doesn't make sense. Um, and I wrote a sermon on this um, years ago, and I used a line from Shakespeare, but better better rendered by Willy Wonka. Um, Show, so shines a good deed in a weary world. Oh, really? And Willy Wonka said that? Willy Wonka said that. Oh, wow. At the end, when mm-hmm. Charlie gives him back the everlasting gobstopper. So shines a good deed in a weary world. It's Damn. one of my favorite lines. Geocaching Willy Wonka is what we should call this. Oompa Loompa. Mm-hmm. Nobody do. <laughs> so shines a good deed in a weary world. And in a sense, Jesus is saying that. So he comes in and then typical of Mark. Mark loves one particular food metaphor when it comes to his writing. Mm-hmm. It is a Markan theme. Sandwich. Sandwich. Yes. Markan sandwich. Mm-hmm. He has two stories on either side of an inner story that interpret each other. I love it. Mark and Sandwich. So the Mark and Sandwich here is that Jesus is coming in after being extremely critical of of the um, Israelite authorities of the day, talking about how they love to enter the room in long robes mm-hmm. and how they devour widows' homes. Mm-hmm. And then after this directly is when they go out and everybody says, hey, Jesus, look at the temple. It's awesome and amazing. And Jesus says, everything's going to be thrown down. Everything's going to be taken apart. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this highly dangerous political discussion, he stops to watch an old lady give a measly amount of money. Mm-hmm. And that and that makes the story like pop mm-hmm. for me. It makes it shine. So shines a good deed in a weary world. And so this would be um, one sixty-fourth of a day's wages. Which so, for a pastor is probably about a buck. Yeah, sometimes two. Sometimes depending two, on yes. you know associate. Well, I, 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 I don't work at Liberty University, so come on now. <laughs> I've never been there. You'll have to tell me about it sometime. <laughs> um, so, um, but one sixty-four of a day's income. So we're talking about like two bucks. Yeah. Um, and what happened was they gave their offering in these trumpet-shaped sort of bowls. That you would give your offering into. Go on. This and is interesting. Yeah, it was a big sort of brass or, or clay, probably clay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made all this noise going through it. 
Was it one of those cool like loop de loop things? I remember as a kid, I could give a quarter to like a At cause, and you could yeah. you could slide it in, and you would see it spin and spin and yeah. spin. Yeah. I wonder if the tempo was like that. And if you were like me, you would stop it at the bottom and you did it again. No, really? And then you'd stop it at the bottom and then you bought some Simple pleasures. I know. It, yeah. Terrible. Um, and similar to, yeah, and I think I think that's kind of what this was like. It was these trumpet-shaped things. So you had wealthy people come in and go, Because there were no paper dollars back then. Right. It was all just right. metal, yeah. metal change. No. Yeah. 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 It was all just, just some kind of bronze, mm-hmm. you know, and... So that's what they would do. That was that was the big show. Was they would do that, and this woman, blink, mm. and it would be known that she didn't make noise. Mm. You know, people could see that, mm. but she still did it. And you know, so shines a good deed yeah. in a weary world. So why do you think Jesus, of all the people he could recognize, why do you think Jesus recognizes her? It's. You know, I think part of that is it tells us who he was, what mm. he was like. Um, he had much more, quote-unquote, important things to worry about mm. at the time. Um, but that he knew when to stop. And that's one of my favorite things about Jesus is he stops and says, look at her. He stops and says, who touched me? Mm. He stops everything in the rush of life and just puts on the brakes. He's like the, like the perfect tour guide, guide who says, like, Stop. You, you, you need to see this one thing. You've got to see this one thing. This is going to change. The double-decker bus, Jesus is, is, is steering it, and he's saying, stop, check this out. He's saying, hey, you got to look at this. Absolutely. In the, the part of the Markin sandwich that I, we will call the upper part of the mm-hmm. Markin sandwich um, is, is the story preceding this where Jesus talks about, you want to read it? Oh, I, I um, gladly read it. Yeah, 12... So it's the and in his teaching, he said, "Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces, and have the best seats at the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses for a pretense, making long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation." There you go. So devouring widows' homes was there was a practice at the time of when a man would die. Mm. If there was a widow left, the the um, the temple or the synagogue mm. would take over her uh, financial matters, like a re- Without, almost like a reverse mortgage. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, and in a, in a way to support her, but mm. also in a way that was deeply corrupt. Yeah, they're gutting her essentially. And, yeah, and gutting her and and keeping her dependent mm. in that way. Mm. Um, yes, absolutely, and. So that interprets this, of course, and Jesus saying, now here is someone who has nothing and still is giving and still is giving, not meaning that you should be giving if you don't have any money, but giving of what you have. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think this says about Jesus' understanding of history? And so the powerful scribes uh, will face the greater condemnation. The temple itself will not last but this widow's gift is something that history will always remember now. How, how does Jesus stopping and looking at this help us reframe the place of the poor in history? I, I do think that, that um, in a sense, that, that Jesus stops all the quote-unquote important things that are going on. Yeah. And points to what is unimportant. Yeah. And so I, her, her tithe would be forgotten right away. Completely. It would be digested by the whole system. And 
never never remembered if he had not stopped everything to look at it. Yeah. And you, you could almost say in one instance that this woman is a microcosm of every poor and insignificant person in the world. Jesus will stop and say, look at, look at what this nobody poor person is doing in their faithfulness towards me. And in the same way that Jesus remembers and pointed out the widow's might, so too does he point out all of the, the moments where faithful, simple followers of Jesus, in the most unflashy way possible, show signs of extraordinary faithfulness to God. And I think that's an encouragement to all of us. Absolutely. I think of a friend of mine who um, is a... Um, is an African-American financial advisor, which mm. is not a, not two categories you see together very often. <laughs> you know, this is like, oh yeah, him and the East Indian hockey players. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, it's, these are not categories you see together very often, but he's an amazing in the sense that he's really trying to change the world for, for young um, black professionals. And he's supporting all these different amazing. scholarship causes. And other things. He grew up extremely poor mm-hmm. and has a very like compelling story of that. And I and I follow his his Twitter feed because Twitter. What's I don't, that? I don't know him. I just read his Twitter feed. But um, Twitter is um, a thing on on uh, FaceTime mm. book. I I should scan that sometime. Yeah, you probably should. Absolutely, I'll fax it to you. <laughs> um, anyway, so so this guy he said he go he went to Kmart and paid off a thousand dollars of layaway. That's unreal. Like, That's amazing. No idea. Who it was for, what it was for, he just knew that if you shop at Kmart, chances are, and you put something on layaway, chances are that you need a little help. And so he, this spontaneity of giving, this spontaneity of not thinking about how much of a difference it's making, how much of a noise it's making going down the trumpet-shaped bassoon of a thing. But... But giving in a way that lets you take part in God's spontaneity, yeah. in God's changes. And it's, it's almost a, a, a perfect visual of what Jesus means when he talks about giving in Matthew. And he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is giving. And so, you know, this woman is giving in a way that's totally insignificant and no one would ever notice her gift. But God does. So. Right, right. And that she matters to yeah. him. Yeah. And that $1,000 on Kmart layaway matters to him. Mm. So as you think of that in a season of thankfulness, in a season of giving, think about what you can be a part of in that sense, in a part of, in a sense that God is watching. Um, Not that you're being watched. Because you know, Josh, if you don't give your 10%, God will get it. God will come and get it. I saw it on Twitter loop. <laughs> Cora. Uh, Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.